This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Daniel Jones tripped and fell. I started Darius Slayton in too many leagues. That's pretty much all I want to say about that game. Unfortunately, we have to talk about it. Welcome to the show. It is Friday. And we'll talk about the Eagles and the Giants. But the six home games, NFC home games we're talking about, today, actually five plus uh, Las Vegas and Tampa Bay. Really, really interesting. Can you trust Kenyon Drake in what actually might be a tough matchup? Can you trust Josh Jacobs if he's running behind the practice squad? Uh, Mike Davis against the Saints. Interesting stuff today. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberg. Good evening, guys. Dave, how we doing? Good evening. Good. Yeah, no, I don't know why I said it. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, Adam. Well, this is shaping up to be a good pod. Razzled. I, uh, I was up very late last night. Could not sleep. Jamie, hello. Good early afternoon to you yes uh good uh good morning to you uh are you as depressed as uh some of the giants fans i was texting with last night not that depressed because i am excited about express and all the clothes we're getting from express and this episode is sponsored by express express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual versatile and super comfortable styles find out more about express and their exclusive offer later in the show i like uh, that that pivot that you made there adam thank you uh no it was tough i you know look i uh i go to this one website i go to a lot of websites to read about football one of them every time i go there they have their loudest most obnoxious person talking about his favorite team who sucks so i vowed not to be that nobody cares so i won't get into it but it was obviously like just a horrible like a choke job and any giants fan would have been very disappointed but the what e- was the what was the best tweet you saw about daniel jones falling i, I just wasn't looking i did a win probability one <laughs> um that, that you mean where he, he stumbled down yes yeah uh stefan diggs had me laughing with his what did he say he tripped the same way people do in scary movies when they're running from the villain bad guy <laughs> That's funny. At the same time, he's he ran for 80 yards. He had the fifth longest run from CBS Sports. I saw this in the last 25 years. And of those five runs, his is the only one that didn't go for a touchdown. And he was the fastest uh, run by a quarterback this year from Next Gen Stats. It was like 20, what was it, like 22 miles per hour almost? 21.2 miles per hour, yeah. I mean, that's, that's impressive. He's quite an athlete. Um, quick note, if you noticed maybe yesterday, maybe today, if you have a keen ear, my audio is a little bit different than usual. I'm having a computer issue that I hope to have resolved by Sunday night. Um, just just transi- transitioning to a new computer, basically, and everything should sound better soon. But uh, just in case you're not hearing things, working on that. Uh, and the worst part about the game last night was I lost money on the game. Dave and I made a bet, um, mm-hmm. $1 straight up, and I paid you, Dave, you saw? No, I did not. Yeah, well, I didn't pay you in full because I was so pissed, so I only gave you 99 cents. <laughs> what was the bet? I wanted an actual buck. It was just a dollar. It was just for fun. Eagles versus Giants. Because I, oh, I started boasting yesterday afternoon, the Eagles are going to crush the Giants. I, I changed my tune on how I thought the game was going to go, and I thought that Philadelphia was going to run away with it. And they didn't like it early on. It. Yeah, it did early on, and then it looked like the Giants were going to run away. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel pretty fortunate. I will accept the 99 cents. All right, eight straight wins for the Eagles over the Giants. That's incredible. Devontae Freeman left with an ankle injury. Deshaun Jackson left with a leg injury in the fourth quarter. Look, Your dirty hard. Giants. Yeah, 
that was disappointing. And um, Philadelphia right tackle Lane Johnson started, left early, came back, left late. This guy has been so banged up. Now he has a knee injury on top of the ankle. Um, I think we I'm going to guess he doesn't play week eight because they have a bye in week nine. We saw firsthand. Well, week eight's the Cowboys, so but we saw firsthand how bad the Eagles' offensive line is consistently. Um, all right, but anyway, here's the good. Carson Wentz, Jamie, 30 points. Again, 31. So that's two straight games. Was it always the prettiest? No, but he got it done. He scored a rushing touchdown, and he gets the Cowboys next week. So good stuff. He had some of the worst decision-making I've seen from a quarterback and then just two pretty throws. Uh, the one to Boston Scott, which Scott made a great play on. And then the touchdown to Greg Ward. I mean, it was a, it was an easy throw, but it was a good throw. You know, moving to his right and then hitting him in stride as he uh, got to the pylon. So he's he's going to be that type of guy, you know, especially when he doesn't have the protection in front of him. But um, I saw somebody email us complaining about Travis Fulgham. If you're complaining about a wide receiver getting 10 targets and 70 yards receiving, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, he he didn't he wasn't that involved early in the game, which was a little frustrating. But by the end of the game, he was certainly involved and set up uh, a, a, a score for them. Uh, I mean, he's, he's going to easily be their number one guy while Deshaun and Alshon are out. And obviously, Deshaun's probably going to miss some more time, especially with Zach Ertz now gone. Yeah. I, no, I, uh, I responded to that email. I was like, he got 11 targets, five catches, everything. Like, you can't complain about Fulgham. This was, this was, I guess I would call it a bad, good game because he didn't score. So in fantasy – he might be outscored by a lot of people, a lot of players. Yeah. Right. I'm going to guess it was a non-PPR fantasy manager. Well, he didn't score. He didn't right. score. So and he scored in a bunch of games in a row. So, man, he didn't find the end zone. He stinks. I don't want him on my team anymore. Man, man, man. No, it's not how it should be. Players have bad games all the time. And you're right. This was like his floor. It feels like this is what the minimum you should expect from Fulgham moving forward is. And I expect a rushing touchdown from Carson Wentz every game now moving forward. You know, the one player that I really wish I had brought up on the preview, and I don't think I did, was Richard Rodgers, who ended up uh, having a great game for them, led the team in receiving, had it one yard away from a touchdown, which ended up being a Carson Wentz rushing touchdown. He was only rostered in 4% of leagues. So there's not – well, no, I mean, there is something there. Like, he could be in play next week against Dallas. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, but we'll get into that with waiver wire and all that. Let's talk about bigger picture stuff here. Darius Darius Slayton got Darius Slade. Deshaun Jackson got James Bradbury. That happened. Dave, what other takeaways from this game? Um, you know, I think Boston Scott mostly looked good. And he looked great on a couple of runs, certainly late in the game, to put them in position to score the go-ahead touchdown. And I also... He scored the go-ahead touchdown. He was really good. And... I wish he was a little more consistent. I think the offensive line had something to do with it, and I wish the coaches would give him the ball more. There was a big stretch in the middle of the game where he barely got work. He played fifty-five percent of the or fifty-five snaps of the eighty-one right. snaps at running mm-hmm. back. That's so good. They, I mean, they were working in Corey Clement. Look, I mean, he's not a every-down running back. This is more of what uh, the Doug Peterson running backs have looked like under his tenure. You know, where he just rotates guys in. Um, they gave the rookie, uh, you know, eight snaps as well. So. Uh, I mean, you know, the fact that he got you over 90 total yards, that he scored a touchdown, um, he just likes playing the Giants. <laughs> That's a good thing for him. Uh, he gets them one more time potentially if uh, Miles Sanders is not ready coming off their bye week. So, you know, you got to feel good if you started Boston Scott as uh, a flex or a low-end number two running back. 
And who's a bigger priority for you if you're looking at picking up a giant? Would it be Shepherd, Wayne Gallman? it's not close. Who? Shepard. Shepard versus Gallman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We Unless know. we find out Devontae's out for the season. Right. If he just got benched, then it just reopens the door to a three-man well, running back. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Uh, Gallman well, not good, but you know what I mean. Things and had uh, five catches. Is that right? And he looked good. He did, even though three point four yards per carry. But if you watched it, I mean, he was really running well, running tough. Yep. Um, yep. So. Another guy who needs to run with more consistency. But here's why you're not picking him up. He's got Tampa Bay next week. Well, yeah, and this I think also you know for the people that started Devontae Freeman, this was the Eagle defense without Malik Jackson there too. You know, so you saw some some holes that you probably don't usually see. All right, uh, Evan Ingram, yeah, he got nine targets. He caught six of them for 46 yards. He also dropped the ball that would become an interception and dropped the ball that would become the reason the Giants lost. So uh, how, just let's 20 seconds, if, if that. Evan Ingram, drop him or, or dump him? I would keep him, <laughs> drop him or keep Drop him or dump him. Hmm, let me think about that. I, I think most people... There will be a few people who will spike cut him, but you know the nature of the beast at tight end. If he was your only tight end, change that. Get another tight end off waivers at some point. You can still do it for this week if you want to. He is not a must-start tight end by any stretch at this point. I had him as a drop initially in the waiver wire column, and then I was like, well, you know, they're playing the Eagles. They've been really bad against tight ends. I could see him having a decent game. But now that you have Shepard back and you have Slayton playing well and Golden Tate had a big play, I mean, there is, it's just so hard to say you're going to start him on a week to week basis. They're obviously so, trying to get him involved though. They gave him two carries. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're trying, but they <laughs> haven't been every week though. The, 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 not the like two, this. The two worst plays for Daniel Jones throwing the ball, forget about some of the sacks that he took when he held the ball too long, but the two mm. worst plays that he had was the interception was from Evan Ingram off his hands. And the biggest play of the game for them was the drop. And so like, his confidence has to be a little shot, too. Okay, well, that is the end of that game. Eagles win it 22-21. I predicted 24-12, so I had the Giants' numbers flipped. My bad. 1-2-2-1. One, two, two, one. What you was know. the score you had last week, too? 30-3? Uh, something like that, but I just found a way to justify how it was a three-point game, and I got this <laughs> correct. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> Uh, interesting stat question mark pro football reference has some really cool stats. I've been digging around and finding some fun stuff. They have, uh, each team sorted by rushing yards before contact per attempt. So, you know, who's basically getting the best blocking is the way I interpret it. The bottom three teams, the three worst teams in rushing yards before contact per attempt are Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and Chicago. Uh, Chicago, hmm. though, does have the third most broken tackles per ru- uh, on rush attempts in the NFL, which makes sense. More opportunities to break tackles if you're, you know, being smothered right away. But that's, in, you know, it's just, I don't know, found that very interesting. Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and Chicago, three worst teams in terms of uh, rushing yards before contact per attempt. Your thoughts? I wonder what uh, Tampa Bay's is the last three weeks because their offensive line has played better, so in the last two games for sure. Yeah. So I wonder what their their numbers are on a per game basis because I wonder how much that factors in early in the season when they were still trying to work some things out. Um, but also that Carolina game, I mean, they were running all over the Panthers, so it could be a little different story. 
Uh, I mean, look, Chicago's offensive line, we, we knew it was going to be a little bit of an issue. And the broken tackle speaks to the way that David Montgomery runs because he's that type of runner. He was that way in college. He had the most broken tackles in college, I believe, over the two-game stretch, two-season stretch that um, Pro Football Focus was tracking that as well. Uh, for Buffalo, I mean, this kind of speaks to where the run game is. It's just not been good. And so, you know, we keep saying uh, hopefully this is a week for Devin Singletary. We said a lot of that on the Thursday show when we were talking about Jets and, and Bills. And, you know, he said, which I think most people would agree with, that if Devin Singletary doesn't have a good game this week, then you can't justify starting him week in, week out. And so, as I said, I'd like to see maybe Zach Moss because he's a little bit more of a physical presence, uh, you know, than, than Devin Singletary. Maybe give him an opportunity and see if he can break some tackles. But the offensive line has not played well for them, and they're down some guys, especially Cody Ford now being hurt. So that's not going to be a good thing. And I think the coaching staff knows it because they're not leaning on the run like they have in the past, you know, or, or maybe it's just they want to run everything through Josh Allen, well, I mean, which yeah, has I mean, been that's... winning for them until the last couple of games. But Singletary in college was was a, a tackle breaker and a juker and a guy that could get out of tough situations too. Well, he just hasn't about... been able to translate that into the NFL as well as he did at FAU. Let's talk about Montgomery, though, uh, against the Rams and that defensive line. You see that he's getting a lot, a lot of uh, defenders in his face, basically. You know, like how confident are you in, this, in David Montgomery in this matchup? And the Rams' run defense is not always good. I mean, it's usually actually not that good, even with Aaron Donald. But the last three games, they've been pretty solid. The thing when you face Aaron Donald is he is a pass rusher in the middle of the defensive line. So he's first instinct usually is to go forward as opposed to taking on defenders and play the run. So typically, and why they were so good when they had Ndamukong Sue is Sue takes on bodies and he's a run stuffer, which is why Tampa Bay's run defense is as good as it is. So if you get past the line of scrimmage, you're typically going to have some success running on the Rams. The thing about Montgomery is that I like about him, certainly since the Tariq Cohen injury, is his involvement in the passing game. I view him and Joe Mixon kind of similarly right now in that you know, you, you, you and Heath were joking. Heath made the comment, I don't get fantasy points for yards per carry. The total yards for Montgomery is what I think you're banking on right now. And he's actually better in PPR than he is in non-PPR, which is the surprising thing because of the work in the passing game and the way that they're using him. So he lost the touchdown last week, which would have made his numbers a lot better. Um, but if he's going to get north of 15 touches, which he's basically been, you know, prior to last week, at least 10 carries. And then last week he had, what, 19 carries, I think it was? 19 carries. Um, and he, I believe he's had over 15 touches each of the last two weeks. Well, right. That's the thing is that his involvement in the passing game has saved him. And so I hope they don't go away from him in that regard because there's always that risk. But as long as he's running the routes that he's running, getting the targets that he's getting, opportunity for those total yards, and again, better in PPR at this point than non-PPR because the touchdowns have escaped him. So he's a number two running back. Is he great? No. But volume is, is certainly important when you talk about these guys. The Bills, the Giants, the football team, the 49ers, those are the last four opponents against L.A. None of them had a rushing touchdown. None of their running backs had a receiving touchdown. And cumulatively, no team had more than 14 non-PPR fantasy points against them. Yikes. I think and Moster got hurt in that game, so you don't know how he would have finished because he only put a half and he was, you know, his total yards were going to be Fair. Uh, and look, this it's not a case against Montgomery being a – I'm not going to say Montgomery's a sit. There's just too much work expected, and the catches really make a difference for him. But I don't think you can start him with supreme confidence. He's not going to be close to a wide running back one this week. Okay, there's one more running back I really want to talk about because it's the last game that we're going to preview today. Uh, we'll get to him in just a second. I just want to promote a few things. Our newsletter. Did FFT and 5 with Chris Towers last night at like 11 – 
11.30 or whatever it was, 11.40. And then he started working on the newsletter. That guy is a hardworking dude. And he puts together a great newsletter with a lot of great information. If you want to sign up, it obviously goes right to your inbox and it's free. CBSSports.com slash newsletter. Uh, on Sunday, it's a big day for fantasy football today. Uh, FFT and 5 drops in this feed and in the FFT and 5 feed at about 8.30 a.m. HQ, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And Twitch, twitch.com slash FF today at noon Eastern and at 4 p.m. Eastern with the home team watch party presented by Lowe's. We're watching Niners Patriots talking to Danny Woodhead and Vernon Davis. All right, let's talk about Kenyon Drake. This is the guy I want to discuss here. So the, the number that really jumps out to me when you look at the Seahawks run defense, they had one bad game, and that was against uh, Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook, where the, the Vikings ran the ball 39 times, I think, against them. They're running backs. Um, but other than that, no team's running backs have had more than 18 carries against Seattle. I think that's one of the reasons why they've been pretty successful against running backs. And they're giving up like less than four yards per carry. They've been, they've been solid. Uh, so Drake is usually... 16 or more carries, you know, up around 18 a lot of the time. Chase Edmonds usually gets four-ish, five. So you have to throw against the Seahawks. They put so much pressure on you. You know, this it, does this feel like a trap with uh, with Kenyon? Right, 100%. Like, you know, you, the, the Vikings game is, is the one that's the, uh, the one that stands out. Against Ezekiel Elliott, they held him to 34 yards rushing. Against Todd Gurley, they held him to 56 yards rushing. And Drake has been so touchdown dependent that his numbers have been awful in PPR when he hasn't. He has played three games where he hasn't found the end zone. In those three games, which are Washington, Detroit, and Carolina, he's combined for 21 PPR points. So he's just not been involved in the passing game, which has been such a problem for him. I mean, it's, he's got two catches for eight yards in – his last four games combined. He's, he's completely uninvolved in the past. It's, it's crazy because, you know, his skill set speaks to that. Yeah. And so, you know, they obviously either just like Chase Edmonds more in that role, and they're trying to save Drake for, you know, being their quote-unquote rushing downs guy. And maybe this is the week that that changes. We, you know, we were saying that about Todd Gurley, and then all of a sudden things changed for him three weeks ago. So who knows? But based on the six-game sample size that you have, if he doesn't score, you're going to be in trouble. Who, so, who are you starting? Would you start DeAndre Swift against the Falcons? Easy over him. Yes, really? I would. I, and and, and mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. I mean, both formats because I in non PPR too. Yes, okay. I can do it in PPR. I can't do it in in half or non. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't. I don't trust the Lions enough. J.D. McKissick against the Cowboys, who give up the fewest receiving yards to running backs. There, I no. like. I like McKissick this week in full PPR. Yeah, I would start him over. I mean, full for, for whatever for whatever Dallas is doing in defending pass catching running backs, this is going to be a letdown game for JD McKissick. I think it's going to be a good game for Antonio Gibson based on what we just saw against this Cowboys defense because he's the one that's going to get the carries. So McKissick could be a little bit of trouble. Uh, Gibson, I think, is going to have a big game. So I start Gibson over Drake. Starting Justin Jackson over Drake, easy for sure. Melvin Gordon. Uh, that was a little tougher. Uh, I would, but you know, you just don't know how the Broncos are going to react because. Philip Lindsay just got them 100 yards rushing in Foxborough in a game that they won when Gordon was not there for illness, but coming off the DUI. So you wonder if they're going to go with the hot hand approach and say, okay, Melvin's playing. Melvin is now the backup. Lindsay is the starter. So I still have it as uh, Gordon is, is the starter and Lindsay is the backup, especially when you look at how this game can unfold where they're chasing points and he's the one that's going to play more on passing downs just based on the sample size that we have. 
but I would not be surprised if Lindsay gets more carries than Melvin Gordon. I can't trust it. I'd rather have Drake. And I thought you were going to bring up that Damon Harrison being in the middle of that Seahawks defense was the reason why oh. the matchup was a little bit different. Snacks is back. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was that great last year, was he? But it's still... It's no, a- but it's a humongous body in the middle of that D-line. Yeah. We'll see how much he plays. Okay, well, no, that's a good point. Um, all right, guys, uh, run a little behind. Let's run through the news and notes. And this is obviously, this is a huge one. Uh, all five starting offensive linemen for the Raiders and safety Jonathan Abram, great player, on the reserve COVID list. Now, that doesn't mean they all have it. We know that Trent Brown, the right tackle, has tested positive. The rest of the offensive line being quarantined, they have moved that game from Sunday night to Sunday afternoon. So that's to make sure that we actually have a Sunday night game, which is now Arizona-Seattle, which you can play in DFS, which is really cool, by the way, to have the Sunday night game as part of the main slate, uh, especially since it's that game. Um, mm. But no, this is like it's already an extremely awful matchup for Josh Jacobs. What if, I mean, like, could you trust any, well, he, I guess he'd be the only one either in this discussion, but if their offensive line is depleted, I mean, what do you, how do you approach this situation here? Well, I mean, you're still trusting Darren Waller too. Oh, yeah. yeah Waller, no doubt. Okay. Sorry. So Jacobs. But those are the only two and you can't feel great about either one, but you, unless you've just got a loaded team, you can sit Jacobs and sit Waller. I mean, you'd have to have amazing players behind them to go with them or to go against them. Yeah, and we'll see, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens when we get to Sunday. Right, right. No, it's possible. But, but again, but the, that's the entire offensive line not having the week of practice. It, yeah, the backups are all like they're journeymen. They're coming off their bye, though. So, you know, yeah, it's, it, I, it, it's I not mean, great by any stretch, but you know, it's not like they just played a game and then they got to you know, go miss. They're not practicing during their bye. So that's a lot. No, of, but they're still doing install. Um, but keep in you mind. Can install all you want. If you don't have your starting offensive line, there's a problem. Obviously, you know, I'm saying they, the guys can, play. they can work around it. That they, maybe that's what they're doing is game planning about. All right, we got to get Carr on the move and out of the pocket immediately. Yeah, you can't play Carr. I don't care what the I agree potential is. <laughs> you can't play him. Yeah, but can you even can you trust Josh Jacobs? Uh, again, if you got to have great what options to play, right. you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna play DeAndre Swift over him, sure. If you're gonna play uh, Justin Jackson over him, sure. If you have James Robinson and Mike Davis on your team, those are easy, you know. So yes, you can get away from Josh Jacobs in certain situations, but there's a lot of scenarios where most people were right. like, okay, I get Josh Jacobs back from his bye week, I got to play him. Yeah, I understand. Um, Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon, the entire Chargers backfield, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, I, I, none of them had more than 32 rushing yards against Tampa Bay. The only oh. thing that is good is that they've, they do struggle in the passing game. They've given up a lot of receiving yards, but that was mostly Kamara and Mike Davis. I, this is well, I mean, you gotta, you got to do some screens. You know, if you're going to have a bad offensive line, you know, you got to be creative. John Gruden will come up with some you know, plays for Josh Jacobs. So, uh, I, again, he's, he's a number two running back. He's not a uh, DFS play. He's not a guy that you, uh, you, know, you have to start if you have other options, but most people just don't have those other options. Derek Carr throwing a bunch of short passes. Hmm. Carr uh, leads the NFL in completion percentage, and I believe he is second in passer rating. And let's move on. Michael Thomas has a hamstring injury and really may not play. So where would you rank Emmanuel Sanders if Michael Thomas is out? Top 30. Yep. A good number three wide receiver in PPR. And Traquan Smith? Top replacement. Joe Mixon missed practice, so getting serious here. Yeah, it's not looking great. G, like Gio would be ahead of Jacobs? Yes. Of course. 
Okay. That, of course. If the offensive lineman play, then who would you start? Gio. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Daryl Henderson mispracticed with a thigh injury. Perhaps I should. That one popped up out of nowhere. Rate him now to Jamie uh, while the offer's still out there. Uh, What's the offer again? It was uh, Jamie's being kind enough to give me Leighton Vander Esch and C.D. Lamb for Henderson and McKissick. And I'm not going to do it because I don't think you should give up two running backs for two non-running backs. But I would do Henderson for Lamb straight up in a PPR league. But I would not. Okay. A.J. Brown mispracticed with a knee injury. Uh-oh. I can't believe J.D. McKissick is holding you back on a trade. You yeah. don't play J.D. McKissick. That's the thing. To be honest, yeah, but I, I need some running back depth. The thing, like, I'm not... You actually have it in that league, though. That's the thing. That's a good thing. Not if I trade two of them. We still have Akers, <laughs> who could be very good. You have Ronald Jones, Alvin Kamara. I think you have one more, too. Latavius Murray. So, yeah, not really. Um... Yeah, no, but uh, but AJ Brown missed practice, so we got to keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, Jonu Smith practiced in full. If AJ Brown is out, I mean, you, you can't start Tannehill against Pittsburgh, can you? I wouldn't start Tannehill to begin with, so uh, no, you cannot start Tannehill if you have AJ Brown not there. Okay. Noah Fant practiced in full. Jordan Aikens missed practice, so I had a league with Anthony Ferkser. Dropped him once I saw Smith practice in full. Dropped him for uh, Fels? Aaron Fells. You get Fells? Yep. Good. I like as him. Long as, as long as Aikens is out, Fells is going to be good. When Aikens comes back, then we'll see what happens. Robert Tunyon, it's pronounced. Apparently. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Robert Tunyon is questionable. Uh, Sam Darnold. Dar- no, that's Darn. I had that one right. Sam Darnold was limited in practice. Looks like he's going to play, hopefully. Optimistic. Jamison Crowder missed practice. So sit, I'd sit Darnold if Prater doesn't play. <laughs> Two um, DNPs for him. Baltimore might, might, might have won the Super Bowl. They just traded for Yannick and Gakwe. I mean, that is really a, a huge, huge trade for them. Their defense, mm-hmm. I mean, there hasn't been really a great defense so far this season. The Steelers have come close, but, you know, we've seen them give up some big games. Uh, the, you know, the Eagles won in, in particular where they've given yep. up, you know, just – Sure. Darius Slayton had two touchdowns against them in week one. Uh, The Baltimore defense, hopefully, you know, we've seen some good performances from them. I just, I I hope that Lamar Jackson gets his first playoff win. And I hope that we get the AFC championship game that we deserve, which is going to be one of Baltimore, Pittsburgh and Kansas city playing each other um, or two of them, excuse me, uh, because that's going to be fun. Those three teams are head and shoulders right now above the rest in the AFC. Okay, uh, Minnesota also, not only did they just lose Yannick Ngakwe, they also, uh, Daniil Hunter is out for the season, so their defense will continue to be terrible. Baltimore is close to signing Des Bryant to the practice squad. I do not think we have any interest there. Jarvis Landry is playing through a broken rib that he suffered in week five, so he you just, no. John Brown missed practice. James White missed practice, but not with an injury. A uh, couple of notes on the Cardinals here. Arizona cornerback Drake Kirkpatrick missed practice with a foot injury. Uh, that's worth noting. And here's a quote from their defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, about DK Metcalf. We have a good plan to take care of Metcalf. He's having a great year. You watch him last year as a young guy. He's big. He's fast. He had trouble catching a ball last year. He was an average route runner last year. But you're watching him now. He has been big time catching the ball with his hands. His route running has improved 80%, in my opinion. He is making big plays every single week. So it's going to be a challenge to get Metcalf covered. It, it, this is the key. It won't be one person's job. 
it is going to be the entire defense's job to contain this guy because if we don't, there's going to be points scored. So we're excited about playing him. Uh, obviously, that's Patrick Peterson. Is he going to shadow DK Metcalf? Because I think he did last year in week like 15, and it was one target and zero catches for Metcalf. Um, so, you know, fun. You can't sit him. He torched stuff on Gilmore, but it's a fun matchup to keep an eye on Sunday night. Uh, now, Friend of CBS, Patrick Peterson, by the way. Absolutely right. All Things Covered podcast. Check it out. Also, check out Express and get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase. Text, three, text football to 397-737. 397-737. Football, text that, and get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase. You are not going to believe the quality of the clothing on Express. First of all, I want to get some masks. I need some masks, so I'm going to get that on Express. Jeans, love their jean selections. Their polos. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to wear the polos for a while. It's getting a little cold up here, but I need some, so I'm going to get some. Already got a sweater that's on its way. Um, everything that you could need, right? And they, this, they fits everybody. They have styles for everybody. They, if you're athletic, if you're tall, if you're big, you might not think Express works for you. This is the all-new Express. They've got a ton of variety, um, and they emphasize comfort. You heard Heath talking about the pants he got, the clothes he got, and how comfortable it is. He never wanted to take them off. That's what they're emphasizing here. So, you know, you just, you got to get out of the old mindset. If you, you know, previous experience with Express, oh, this doesn't fit me. Yes, it does. They've changed in such a great way and take advantage of this wonderful offer as well. And they really are highlighting the Lux Comfort Knit Collection. Sharp details, soft fabric. It's like wearing your favorite sweats. So there's no reason not to be shopping on Express. They've got anything that you could want. Uh, men's and women's clothing, by the way. And you get this great discount of 25 bucks off your $50 purchase. If you text football to 397-737, text football to 397-737 and get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase at Express. I'm going to run through beat the waiver wire real quick. You got Jacksonville, Arizona, Houston, and Washington on by next week. So that's Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. So if you need a quarterback, I did this yesterday. This segment is not just lip service. Uh, I picked up Teddy Bridgewater. He's got Atlanta next week. He's already had one good game against them. Phillip Rivers is at Detroit, you know. He had the worst game against them. And it was 24 fantasy points. <laughs> it was 3-13-2? Three, three, and two? <laughs> Right. Uh, Derek Carr at Cleveland. Jimmy Garoppolo at Seattle is another really good one. He's 38% rostered. Uh, you could pick up Tua, not necessarily for next week, but, you know. For Just for fun? Yeah. We'll see. What if? Right. J. Michael Hasty. We don't know what's going to happen tonight, or, su- or Sunday night, rather, this week. So you don't have to start J. Michael Hasty, but maybe pick him up. See if he's going to be a starting running back for the next two weeks or something like that. Antonio Brown could be a beat the waiver wire guy. Uh, I didn't really find any tight ends, but Drew Sample. Drew Sample against Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Nah. <laughs> well, on Yahoo, you could pick up guys that already played, right? Yeah. I, uh, I know you can drop guys already played. So maybe Richard Rodgers. Yeah. Well, Rodgers and Shepard. Oh, yeah. Um, and Gum. DSTs. Chargers. Yes, Chargers at Denver. They're, they're a two-week option. You can use them this week against Jacksonville, next week against the Broncos. Tennessee's at Cincinnati. They haven't been a very good defense. Colts are at Detroit. And here's one that, I, you know, we're going to talk about this game. It really wouldn't surprise me, guys, if the Saints start playing much better defense. They've been hurt. I think they have a lot of talent on their defense. I expected them to have a good defense coming in. Um, Lattimore has to play better. Cameron Jordan has to play better. 
They're coming off their bye, and they get Chicago next week. So that's another defense I'm looking at. Yep, it's going. Stardo meter for uh, the last three games. And also check check uh, the people that have dropped the Colts DST. Yeah, I think I mentioned them. They you're right. They uh, and Blankenship at Detroit. Oh yeah, and Blankenship. Um, okay, the Stardo meter. Teddy Bridgewater at New Orleans. Five. Uh, yeah, five. How about DJ Moore at New Orleans? Six and three quarters. Uh, five in non-PPR, seven in PPR. What do you think they do with Lattimore in this game? Leave him on the side. Mm-hmm. Janoris Jenkins. Zone him up. Drew Brees against Carolina. Seven. It was like a it was like an eight if Michael Thomas was going to play, and I'd probably put him at six and a half without Michael Thomas. Anytime he's at home, he's in play. Fans, three thousand fans. Latavius Murray against Carolina. Two. Yep. Manuel Sanders. Seven if Thomas is out. Four if Thomas is in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking forward to previewing that game because uh, this secondary has somehow been one of the best in football. Um, was reading about it last night. They're playing really well, and they're great against tight ends. More legit than I than I thought mm-hmm. uh, than any of us did. Um, Jared Cook, uh, nine, uh, especially if Thomas doesn't play. Five if Thomas plays. Two if Thomas is out. Oh. I'm sorry, other way around. Five if Thomas is out. Two if Thomas plays. Okay, you got to start him. He's they too are good of a fantastic. Against I know, but who who are you starting him ahead of? Who's starting ahead of him? I'm starting Fells over him. I'm starting Hawkinson over him. I'm starting Fanta over him that he's back. I'm starting Fant, Donald yes. over him, even in a tough matchup. I'm starting Gronk over him. I'm starting Hooper over him in PPR. All those guys have better matchups and better situations. Yeah, I, most of those guys I'm starting Cook ahead of. Okay, so how good is Carolina against tight ends? Darren Waller had six catches for 45 yards. Hunter Henry had five catches. And PPR points is the best. Right, so that's pretty good against Waller and Henry. Two uh, tight ends caught touchdowns, Ian Thomas and Cole Komet. Uh, so, and Jimmy Graham had eight targets and only had 34 yards. So, yeah, they have been pretty solid. Um, and then just a few more. Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan, who do you like better? Ryan, but I like both. Ryan better. Start meter Adrian Peterson at Atlanta. Three. Uh, five in non-PPR, two in PPR. DeAndre Swift. Eight in both. Um, I'd say a little less in PPR and significantly less in non-PPR. Marvin Jones. Is he going to play? If he plays. Five. Uh, two. TJ Hawkinson. Seven. Uh, Hayden Hurst against Detroit. Seven. Another guy would start over Jared Cook. Uh, five. Hasn't Detroit been really good against tight ends? Yeah, but I mean, this is more play with Matt Ryan. Okay, I, I think maybe they have not played good competition. Todd Gurley. I believe you're right. I don't think they've played good competition. Uh, Todd Gurley, must start. Yep. Uh, yeah. Greg Olson at Arizona. Zero. Three. Arizona, like <laughs> worst to, not first against tight ends, but worst to good. Uh, and Christian Kirk, 76% rostered. I will, I will remind you, Preston Williams and Justin Jefferson were very disappointing against Seattle in Seattle's last two games. Christian Kirk, zero to ten. Seven. All right. All right. Christian Kirk or Kenyon Drake? Kirk. Kirk has more upside. Yeah, Kirk had three targets last week. 
Yeah, but I mean, Hopkins didn't get a lot of targets either. You know, it was just a weird game for the Cardinals. He got like eight. That's low for him. (laughs) He had 14 targets in his first three games. They traveled a total of 69 yards. In the last two games, he's had 10 targets. They've traveled almost 100 yards. He's their downfield receiver. That this this part of the reason why they're being radical. Exactly. High-scoring game. You want to try and get pieces of those points. Kirk is a great option. You think he's going to be low-scoring? Who? Me? Adam. No, no, I said I'm excited. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I can't wait. I mean, I like Russell Wills. Kyler Murray has really not had a good year statistically as a passer. No, like, he's not, missed some throws. Yeah, and he's making some really good ones too. He's kind of enigmatic, I think, but he's on pace for over 900 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's like, well, he can't keep this up. No, you're counting on No, I mean, the, the three best rushing quarterbacks that we have so far are Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Carson Wentz, so it's been fun. <laughs> All right, and Wilson's, Wilson's running more than he did last year, too. Okay, Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. Here we go. Stat of the game, uh, number one. Derek Carr ranks first in completion percentage, second passer rating, um, and he's been sacked only eight times. That's wonderful. He's facing Tampa Bay. They allow the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Any thought of starting him if their offensive line is healthy other than Trent Brown? I mean, he's made a great case for it yesterday, you know, just based on coming off the game that he just had against the Chiefs. Uh, it was downfield throws that helped him, you know, the touchdown to Ruggs and the touchdown to Aguilar. The problem I have is, is that, yes, Justin Herbert had a good game against the Bucs, and I know he's point, and it does potentially feel like a trap game for the Bucs because they just had this big win against the Packers, and now they have to travel, and who knows what the Vegas atmosphere factors in. I don't really buy that because of how teams are treating their travel but i get where he's right. coming from yeah like um, I, I don't think you're gonna be going out in vegas right but you never know um in any event uh i just look at it as Derek carr he was wrong by the way he said four straight games of 20 more fantasy points he was 19 points against the patriots i can see him in that range you know i i, I think that's that's where his you know kind of ceiling is against this defense because Carlton Davis has played great. I don't think he's going to necessarily take away Henry Ruggs because I don't know if he could run with Henry Ruggs or anybody can, but he'll get help. And, you know, the rest of this receiving core is not exactly that good. So while Carr has been amazing for where Carr usually is, I just think this defense is on a different level. You know know who Carlton Davis should cover, right? um, Waller? You should cover Waller. I'd love to see that. There, there, there might be some of that in this game. What is Todd Bowles' calling card? What, is, what does he like to do, you know, as much as any great defensive coordinator is, is call blitzes? And you don't think he's going to do a ton of that against Derek Carr with the offensive line being a question mark? Well, no, Adam, Adam, Adam's question was if, if the offensive line is healthy. Obviously, if the offensive line is not there. It, I don't think it matters either way. I think you're going to see it because he knows that. No, you're, yeah, I mean, you're right, Dave, but, but it, it's a different – different conversation if Carr has his offensive line or at least a semblance of his offensive line because yeah, then you right. can have a little bit more faith in Derek Carr. I, I don't, you know what? I don't want to get off track. We don't, nope, I don't think people are going to really start Derek Carr in this matchup. So let's talk about the – there are really interesting players in this game. There's Josh Jacobs. We'll talk about him both with and without the offensive line. I mean, we already did. If you want to rewind to that, it was in our injuries, news, and notes segment. You can check the time codes. Um, but we'll, we'll just refresh. And sit rugs. Yeah. Number I mean, receiver at best. He, it, you're, you're, just you're a shot on right it's it's a boomer bust play because he's not going to get fed targets it just he's not that type of receiver yet yeah but uh, emmanuel sanders if michael thomas is out emmanuel sanders or rugs i would sanders. play sanders either way okay 
Um, and then Waller, everybody's going to play. So we'll, we'll move to the Bucks in just a moment here, but let's just sum up our thoughts on uh, Josh Jacobs. Now, do I think the Bucks have the best run defense in football? Yes. Do I know it? No, because they've only played one game without Vita Vea. They were incredible against Aaron Jones, but it's still just one game. So and Jones did score. Jones did score, uh, but they, they were terrific. So you got to keep that in mind. But sum it up, offensive line plays, <laughs> Josh Jacobs is what? Five offensive linemen are out, Josh Jacobs is what? Offensive line plays, Jacobs is a number two running back. Offensive line is all backups. Josh Jacobs is closer to a flex. At least that's what the expectation should be. And I know they don't have Vita Vea anymore in Tampa Bay, but they added Steve McClendon. That guy knows what Todd Bowles wants. He used to play for Todd Bowles. They're, they're going to have a really nice defense too. Okay. Is Ronald Jones better than uh, Jacobs yes. regardless? Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. So is Justin Jackson. Ronald Jones, here's the note of the game. USA Today noted that um, after week five, the last game that the Raiders played, Nick Kwiatkowski, I mentioned him before, linebacker, free, free agent acquisition, currently ranks as Pro Football Focus's number eight linebacker in the NFL through the first five weeks of the season. That was before week six. I bring it up because he, he's played in three games. Their run defense has been so much better in those three games. So this is kind of like a Kawan short sort of deal. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to, I'm not saying it should change your mind on Ronald Jones. I just want to point it out. Maybe if they do well against Ronald Jones, we start taking it a little bit more seriously, but tough to get away from him. What do you expect the split to be between Jones and Fournette? Well, I mean, that's assuming Fournette plays, you know, at this point, it's just so hard to count on that. And if I'm the bucks, why would you mess with Ronald Jones at this point? You know, he's been basically their best offensive player for the better part of the last month. And so, you know, while he's doing what he's doing, uh, yes, you work for net back end because you want him to be a part of your offense and you want him to get, you know, his confidence and his, you know, his legs back, but let him take those LaShawn McCoy, Keyshawn Vaughn touches that we've seen the last couple of weeks and let Rojo do his thing. So he's got top 10 upside this week. I have him as a top 10 running back. I think he's got the potential to be, you know, if not a hundred yards rushing over hundred total yards, chance to score. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great setup for him with what he's been doing. So keep Fournette on the bench. And, and let Rojo run. And last note on that, the Raiders actually give up the most receiving yards per game to running backs. And Jones only had two targets last week, but Brady threw only 27 passes. So he's pretty involved usually in that aspect. Dave, the passing game. Tom Brady, we have ranked 12th to 14th. How do you feel about Godwin and Evans? And, Gron- and Gronk, look, break down the passing game. So I think this is going to be absolutely tied to game script. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to go in there saying, all right, we got to throw the ball 45 times. And normally for them, it's around 35 times. But if the Raiders can't do anything on offense, then the Bucks are probably going to run the clock or run the ball a lot more to grind down the clock. And that makes me nervous to start Tom Brady. And it doesn't help that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin aren't at 100%. And Godwin is admitting to it. Uh, Gronk, you have to start just because of the volume, what he's been getting the past couple of weeks. The fact that he scored, I, I, there, are, there aren't a lot of tight ends that are better than Rob Gronkowski at this point. And I think you're going to start Godwin and Evans too, but they're more number two wide receivers than number one. So if Aikens... And Brady not a top 12 quarterback, sorry. Yeah, but he's close. If Brady, if, uh, if Aikens is out, would you start Darren Fells or Rob Gronkowski? I believe I have Fells ranked higher. 
Yeah, Jamie? I would go Fells in non-PPR and Gronk in PPR, just based on the targets. Okay. Um, are you starting Ronald Jones over Chris Godwin or Mike Evans if you could make that decision? Yes. The thing that we've seen, and, and Dave uh, said this you know, great and perfectly, is that the Bucks. It, it's just I, I would love to be in Bruce Arians' mind during the game because he just wants to call pass plays every time. Like, just, that's just his mindset. And it's got to be killing him that they have a run game. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously he loves it, but you know, I'm sure there's there's a part of him that's like, I have the greatest quarterback ever, <laughs> and I'm not throwing it as much as I did a year ago when I had a train wreck <laughs> of 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 Jameis Winston. By comparison, Jameis wasn't a train wreck, but by comparison to career wise, um, to what Brady is, you know. So like, he just I'm sure would love to just have Brady drop back and throw the ball all over the place in his perfect utopia, but the run game has been fantastic. The defense has been great. They don't have to throw the ball as much. And so while they have all these toys to play with, uh, I don't think they're hundred percent healthy. They continue to mispractice with Godwin and Evans. And so it's just tough to trust. And so Evans had his touchdown streak ended last week, which was a score in all five games. Uh, the targets have been bad when Godwin's been on the field with him. So at some point you got to hope that, we see the best of what this passing game could be. And the closest we got to that was Denver, their last time going out West. So maybe that's something you hang your hat on, but I just don't think that the Raiders are going to put up that much of a fight at the offensive line is what it is. And the run game doing what it's doing for the, for the bucks. So Brady's not a slam dunk start. Oh, but what about, I mean, give me some wide receivers that you might start over at Godwin Evans. You guys like Godwin better than Evans, but you start. I'd start Claypool over both of them. I would start Robbie Anderson over both of them. If James mm-hmm. Crowder plays, I start him over both of them in PPR for sure. Um, you know, the other guys are probably you know more must-start type of players. You know, at this point, obviously Terry McLaurin, you're starting over him over them. AJ Brown, if he plays, you're starting him over them. Um, you know, those type of guys. I, I I think you just have to view Evans is is very much like Juju at this point, except he's scoring where Juju is not. You know, it's just the targets aren't there and the production's not there. Are they top 15 receivers rest of season? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. And here's yeah. the problem. Like, I, I think the chance to sell high on either one of them has passed. Like, I was thinking just now about, well, what could I get in trade for these guys? And I don't know if they're going to be very popular names still in, in uh, trade blocks. Nobody wants Mike Evans. I think he's a buy-low. I th- oh, I would say they're absolutely much more buy low than sell high. You know, if you, you wanna- can buy low, absolutely. But I don't. I, I they're in that weird purgatory where people who have them don't want to give them up for nothing, and people who want right. to get them don't want to give up anything decent to go and get them. Right. People aren't giving them away, but you know, if you can put some sort of package together where you're getting them as a throw in, uh, that's the type of thing you want to do. No, I, that would be amazing that you can get them as a throw-in. Well, it's more so Evans and Godwin. I don't think anybody's giving up Godwin yet because the they whole shouldn't. Thing I think he's going to be right. better uh, once he gets healthy. I think he'll end up being better Agreed. than Evans. Yep. Broncos at the Rams. Here we go. Stat of the game: Allen Robinson leads wide receivers in targets, and yet he is twenty-third in non-PPR and seventeenth in PPR on a per-game basis. Very disappointing, but he's still having a nice year. But boy. He's got a tough matchup this week and potentially next week against New Orleans. Then Allen Robinson's schedule is just beautiful. So you might have a buy low situation if he has a bad game against J- uh, Jalen Ramsey. Anyway, um, in this game, I'll just ask you some, some questions, some easy, some hard. Which quarterback do you like better, golf or Foles? Golf. 
still golf, but this is, I mean, this has under written all over it, like low scoring yeah. game between these two teams. Which DST do you like better? The Rams, but it's close. Who is the best running back in this game? I'll take Montgomery. Montgomery is the best one for me, and uh, I agree on the Rams defense. Montgomery is the best fantasy running back. I don't know if he's the best running back in this game. Who the is best running back may not touch the ball. Who is the best <laughs> tight end in this game? Best tight end? Yes. Jimmy Graham. Again, fantasy tight end. Yeah, that's what I mean. Who is the best fantasy wide receiver in this game? Robinson. Still Robinson. I... I've gone back and forth. They're literally targets, back to back in my rankings. His I, targets will I, yeah. still be there compared to who knows what Woods gets. And I do like the fact that Woods is chirping a little bit. And Cooper Cup. <laughs> I wonder know, if this is the game where they, they, they go to Cup, try and make amends for last week. They might. Not that I love him. I, th- I think he's more of a flex this week. I think Bears uh, is good. I think Woods is a low-end starter. This is just the way I have it ranked. Woods is uh, in the... 20 to 24 range, depending on format. Cup is behind him in the 24 to 30 range, depending on format. And Robinson is right around 15. Uh, So the Bears defense is obviously good. But the one thing that gave me a little more hope for Cup and Woods was there has not, I don't think there's been one good wide receiver that has struggled against the Bears. They did not face Kenny Galladay. They did not face Julio Jones. Or if they did, he, he was... That was the game he left. They did not face Chris Godwin. So it's like... But they, they did face Calvin Ridley. And didn't he have a... What did he, he had 100 do? yards against him. He had a bad... He had a less than optimal game for him. Right. But he still had 100 all of, yards. All of his numbers, I believe, came when Julio was on the field. And I think he was bad when Julio was off the field. Okay, he had 100 yards. Mike Evans had five catches, 41, and a touch, 41 yards and a touchdown. Who is the best wide receiver that they shut down? Darius Slayton? So I'm sure they have a good defense. But, but it's not just about shutting them down. They're just keeping teams out of the end zone. No, I know. I know. But I, but I don't think it's like a matchup of death, basically. Like DJ Moore had a good game. Robbie Anderson had 77 yards on five targets. They yeah, just, I think that's what you're going to get from these guys. Like if they don't score, that's what you're looking at, which is good. It's not great. Whereas the Rams give up the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So you guys have Robinson 16th. In non-PPR for Jamie, 18th in PPR. I might have switched that. And about, about okay, look, about 16 to 20 for the two of you. Heath is He's high. not in his usual top 12. Perch. Right. Yeah. Because Ramsey is... is if, if, if you're going to tell me, like, the, 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 num- the number of targets for the top three guys, Robinson, Woods, and Cup, I'm going to say it's 10 for Robinson, 6 to 8 for Woods, and 6 to 8 for Cup. Okay, so are there any like lower end wide receivers, maybe in higher scoring games, that you would consider starting over there? Like Kirk a- over Cup, Kirk over Cup. Okay, Cooks over Cup, Cups huh? over both. Cooks over everyone for me. Okay, and- I would have started Fulgham over Cup. I would have started T Higgins over Cup, CD Lamb over Cup. Okay, then how about Daryl Henderson and David Montgomery? How would you compare them to the wide receivers in this game? They're both, how would I compare them to the wide receivers? I think I'd probably rather start, uh, would I really start both of them over the wide receivers in non-PPR? PPR, it's different. I'll start the receivers. But in non-PPR, it's going to be really close. And I think they're both number two guys this week. Uh, you don't have a choice anymore with Daryl Henderson. Like the Rams I would have start told Montgomery you. over all of them. 
I would start in non PPR. Yeah, in, I think in I'm both formats. Not in PPR because he's so involved. Yeah, I, I like Montgomery better in PPR than non PPR. So I would start Montgomery over them in both because this just feels like a game where if they get touchdowns from the receivers, you're lucky more so than expected. So I would start Montgomery over the receivers in all formats. I would start Henderson over the receivers in non PPR. And I would start Robinson over Henderson in PPR, but Henderson over his receiving teammates. Okay. For Montgomery, the Rams pretty good against the run, but six most receiving yards per game, the running backs, eight running backs have 20 or more receiving yards. Five running backs have 30 or more receiving yards against the Rams. So an opportunity there. And, and the Bears throw the ball a lot, despite having a good defense. I mean, they throw, throw, throw. Uh, it's a little strange. Maybe they just don't have confidence in their run game. Uh, start, starters at Jimmy Graham. Low-end, desperation type of tight end. You're hoping he finds the end zone. Yep, better non-PPR than PPR. Okay, that's probably the case for Daryl Henderson as well. He has only seven catches this season. Would you start Daryl Henderson or how about T. Higgins? Higgins and PPR. Mm -hmm. Daryl Henderson or Jarek McKinnon? Henderson. Uh, Henderson. Okay. Wide receivers are starters. Maybe won't have their best games, but they're starters and don't start Higby. Bears DST is top 12. Rams DST is higher than that. Second for Jamie and Heath, seventh for Dave. Dallas at Washington. I probably could find a stat of the game, but I repeated one from last week, and it was that Washington gives up big plays. They've allowed six pass plays of 40-plus yards, tied for the most in the NFL. They allowed a 23-yard touchdown pass to Darius Slayton last week. I've got Michael Gallup in my FanDuel lineup. Oh, yeah. He's he's due. Dropped a touchdown last week. But um, for the Cowboys. That was the most excited I've heard anybody talk about Michael Gallup in the last month what I was going for uh-huh. uh, for the Cowboys. Congratulations. I'm thinking Gallup is probably the only like really difficult decision here, but where do you guys have him ranked? Not in my top 48. Oh, wow. Cause I know you have Dalton outside your top 20. So I he's in my targets. top 48. I can't trust the targets for him. Yeah. So, I get that. Uh, it's, I mean, I've said this several times this week, it's a good week for wide receivers. So that's part of it. Um, but Again, you know, you're just seeing what the target share is for him. And he's had some unfortunate drops last week against yep. the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm worried about Dalton surviving this game because of the pass rush with that offensive line. You know, the, the Raiders are forced potentially not to have their offensive line because of a COVID situation. The Cowboys are just completely beaten up. All five starters originally are hurt. And so this could be terrible for that offense. Yeah, so why so confident in, I guess not so confident in Lamb. Uh, yeah, no, not so confident in Cooper or Lamb. They're number two, number three wide receivers. Right. The football team allows the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I think only Marquise Brown is more than 71 yards against them. Uh, you know, Hopkins was fine. He wasn't great. Slayton, 41 yards and a touchdown. Cup was bad. Uh, Cleveland receivers were bad. Like this is not a great matchup on paper. So yeah, tell me, tell me about Cooper and and Lamb. Lowered expectations. We knew it going into last week's game that you shouldn't expect them to have a big game, and they were terrible, terrible for the first three quarters. And it took garbage time for Cooper to find the end zone for Lamb to put together a salvageable game in PPR. It might be worse than that this week. 
Yeah, and Jamie won't trade me Lamb for Daryl Henderson in a PPR league. That's that's weird. I don't know why you'd be excited to make that deal. He gets a lot of catches. He's five catches every week. Yeah, it's, and Henderson is seven for the season. I'd rather have the running back. I, I who do you think is going to score more points rest of season in PPR? In PPR or Lamb, easy. And Henderson could be. I mean, if he's he's hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Hurt, right. That's true. Right. So obviously, if he ends up missing the game, that changes the entire you know equation. So but there you he, go. Take take out McKissick and give me Acres, and we'll have we have a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton Schultz uh, outside. Uh, no, he's he's like around twelve. It's okay. Jared Cook or Dalton? Yeah. I'd rather start Cook. I would rather start Cook also there. Sit Kyle Allen and yeah, Antonio Gibson. Would you start Antonio Gibson over Amari Cooper? In non PPR, yes. I'm not there. I'm not the there. Cowboys I think McKissick is so bad against the run. It's true, but McKissick is taking a big chunk of the playing time. When and they're he's, chasing he, points. I don't think he's they're chasing not bad. He has not played bad at all. Like he's got speed through the holes and he's running on the edges better than Gibson has been. This is a timeshare for sure. He's, he's six to eight carries, it seems, JD McKissick. Uh Gibson. That's the ceiling. Yeah, but Gibson has doesn't have any more than thirteen carries in any game. Yeah. Again, this is this is a game I think they're going to actually be competitive and maybe playing with the lead. So I think Gibson's got a shot. He also has three to five catches in four straight games. So keep that in mind. And he's their touch. Gibson does. McKissick has more. Yeah, Gibson does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But are they're, you? They're used the same way almost. But are you worried about that, Dave? That for some reason, the Cowboys are like great against pass catching running backs. Uh, I'm a little worried about it, but it's just what Washington has to do to try and gain yardage. It's more, it's not about the matchup as much as it is what's Washington going to do otherwise. Yeah. Who else are they going to throw to, basically? Yeah. And it, it also comes down to can they have success running the football? And if they can in this matchup, then that would, that would help Gibson. The, the, weird, the weird one, though, for that is the Browns game because they had sure. no catches from the running backs in the Browns game. Right. Yeah, it's weird. You wonder if that was just But was the that offense? were there a lot of targets so well? How many targets did the Browns have in that game? Uh they had one. Right. So they didn't they decided not to. Maybe when a team is so bad against wide receivers it, that they just teams don't feel the need to throw to their running backs. Most targets that they've seen though is four. So it, it can't just be that every team is deciding not to throw to their running backs against them. There's probably, you know, their linebackers are getting coverage. Maybe. Okay, and uh, how about Terry? You know, I didn't even ask you about Terry. Terry McLaurin's going to be, like, please, just light it up. Huge game, Terry McLaurin. Top 14 for everybody in both formats. Carolina at New Orleans. Potentially misleading stat of the game. This feels like a little fluky. DJ Moore has three games with nine or more targets. Those are Carolina's three losses. In their three wins, he has four to six targets. So that's kind of interesting. It's weird. Not exactly tied to Bridgewater's pass attempts, though. Like it's not like Bridgewater's automatically throwing more in losses than wins. That's why I thought it felt a little fluky. But uh, when they lose three uh, three games, nine or more targets in each game for DJ Moore, I think they're going to lose personally. But it felt like they were trying to get DJ Moore way more involved last week, and it almost like to try and bring their their targets between Moore and Anderson to even. It, 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 they really did not go to Robbie Anderson very much. Like I noticed in the game, like, like the first half, Robbie was barely involved. 
And then they started throwing to him a little bit more, but it was DJ Moore that kept getting open and certainly kept getting targets. Yeah. And he was apparently wide open for a touchdown. And yeah. Yeah. Really he bad. should have had a much, much bigger game. And if he had, then everybody would be starting him and it wouldn't even be a question. So are we starting DJ Moore? Are we starting Robbie Anderson? Yep. I am. I, I like Robbie still as the top 15 type of wide receiver. DJ Moore and PPR is still top 24. Yeah. Just outside for me, but again, it's a good week for wide receivers. Amari Cooper or DJ Moore? I still start Cooper. I think I have Cooper ranked ahead of Moore. Carolina's defense, uh, keep an eye on Dante Jackson, cornerback. He's been limited in practice. Uh, why are, are you not higher on Teddy Bridgewater against the team that's giving up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks? And it's a revenge game. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> I don't know who you're going to start him over. That's the thing. You know, it's like, uh, is he better than the guy across from him if Michael Thomas is there? You make that case. Is he better than Brady in a game where they can run the ball? That's what I was about to ask. The way you talked about Brady earlier. Make that case for sure. It's like I'm starting. I'm starting Burrow over him. I'm yep. starting uh, Herbert over him. That's an easy one. Um, Minshew? Uh, no, I would start over Minshew. Um, what if A.J. Brown doesn't play? Tannehill or Bridge? I'm starting over Tannehill already. So I, I just think there's more upside as opposed to Tannehill wow. facing the Steelers. Yeah, I can't do that yet. Um, and I have Minshew ahead of Bridgewater as of now. Okay, Bridgewater, uh, yeah, he's like, well, I don't know where he is in your rankings, Jamie, because I'm seeing it 19th. Is he higher than that? Yeah. Okay, 20th for Dave, 16th for Heath. Um, he could end up as one of those quarterbacks who you'll feel okay starting, certainly as a bi-week replacement and ahead of, just if circumstances turn out, ahead of quarterbacks that are in unideal situations. The Brady, the Carr, not that Brady's situation is bad, just the game script is not expected to be good for him. Uh, Tannehill, if he doesn't have A.J. Brown, that makes the matchup even harder. Is there any hesitation to start Mike Davis in this matchup? No. Uh, yes, if I have Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones. <laughs> okay, that's What about fine. David Johnson or Mike Davis? No. I'll go Davis still. Okay. By the way, guess who leads the Panthers in red zone and green zone inside the 10-yard line targets? What's the green zone? It's inside the 10-yard line. I just told you. Oh, sorry. Uh, Mike Davis. Correct. Very good. I think I kind of led you into that answer. Yes. Okay. Uh, we talked about the wide receivers at this game. All right, Drew Brees. With and without Mike Thomas, how do you feel? Mike Thomas? Michael Thomas? Because we're going to start... You're pals with him. You're on a Michael basis with him. Mm-hmm. We're going to start Kamara, and Sanders is like a number three receiver, but Drew Brees, starter sit. Low-end starter if Thomas is there in the mix of top 15 quarterbacks if Thomas is out. Tom Brady, 10 points. Herbert, 16 points. Kyler Murray, 28 points, but he had 78 rushing yards. Matt Ryan, 7 points. Carolina giving up the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterback. It's so weird. It's weird. Yeah. I, I can't put my finger on why it's happening. Their defense had a lot of good talent on it, and then they started to get hurt, and they're still finding a way to do it. I mean, the Matt Ryan game, I don't think he had Julio. So I can understand why he had a bad game against them, and Kyler was okay against them. In the first two weeks of the season, everybody ran on them because there was no Kawan short. Yeah. Um, And that's pretty much it for this game. So, again, just to reiterate, how high would you rank Emmanuel Sanders if Michael Thomas is out? Top 30. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jared Cook. Jared Cook or Jared Cook or Austin Hooper. I'll go Cook. I will take Cook 
in non-PPR, but Hooper in PPR. And as you pointed out, Adam, the biggest disparity you've ever seen for tight ends is Austin Hooper in PPR versus non-PPR in my rankings. Okay, Jared Cook or Hurst? I will take Hurst in both. I currently have Cook out of Hurst in both. All right, we got two more games left. I almost feel like we can lump them in. Detroit at Atlanta and uh, and Seattle, Arizona. The game start that- everyone not named Marvin Jones. <laughs> yeah, well, not not necessarily Adrian Peterson, right? Mm, probably I mean, not at all. Bye week pref- guy. I would prefer to avoid him, but I mean he has scored in two straight. That's Who- what you're counting on. You hope he scores and maybe thirty yards on top of it. He'll get you three or he'll get you nine. I forgot your answer, Ryan or, or Stafford. Ryan. Matt. Ryan or Rogers? You know, Rogers. Like I said Matt. They're both Matt. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you said that. And I, <laughs> well, one's a Matthew. Matt. Yeah, Matt. I listened to uh, Matthew McConaughey was on Howard Stern. I don't know if Matt it was yesterday or not. But Matt, he was telling a story that somebody, when he was a kid, called him Matt, and he answered to it, and his mom hit him and said, your name is Matthew. <laughs> Whoa. Jeez. My mom tried doing that with me, and it did not work. My mom took me for riding our Lincoln. We, didn't, we, we drove a Lincoln way before it was way before. <laughs> she told me, you're Matthew. Okay. So, that was anyway. your McConaughey impersonation? Yeah, Lincoln? Lincoln commercial. I was, I was driving a Lincoln long before anyone ever, told, oh, ever paid me to do it. I didn't, I didn't know. I just thought it was cool. All right, anyway. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's me. I don't think that sounds like McConaughey. Maybe how was it? How was it? It was good. Okay. okay. Your bane is better. A two out of ten. Yeah, your bane is amazing. Your Obama is amazing. I did an Obama impression. You've done an Obama impression before, <laughs> folks. I don't know. I can't do. I I can't do impressions anymore. I used to be okay. All right, let's do. You don't uh, say. What's What's your favorite McConaughey character? That the only one I do is the Lincoln guy. Lincoln guy. <laughs> Lincoln commercial. <laughs> the Lincoln lawyer. All right, you do Lincoln commercial. I'll do uh, Waterboy. Ready? Oh, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do impressions on the spot. No, no, no. You, you do it. No. You just did one on the spot. It was miserable. It has to be, it has to be organic. I, if I'm pressured, I just I lost it. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind hearing Waterboy. I love that impression. <sighs> Who's, are there any sleepers in the Atlanta-Detroit game? I guess you can call Russell Gage if you still want to buy into him. He can get you 12 PPR. He could, but it's been a disappearing accident right. too. Right, right, right. He doesn't have the upside factor anymore. Who is he a better sleeper than Danny Amendola or Marvin Jones? He's uh, on par with Jones. If Jones plays, he's ahead of Amendola. Yeah, I would say he's better than those guys, but that's not necessarily an indication of him. That's more an indication of those guys. And give me your projected stats for DeAndre Swift. Uh, 65 rushing yards. 38 receiving yards and a touchdown. Hawkinson is a must start. Falcons got give up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. They stink. You know what's funny is they haven't allowed a touchdown to a tight end in two games. Yeah. And they are still second in fantasy points allowed to the position. <laughs> and have still allowed the most touchdowns to tight ends to the position. And Hurst is, you know, like Detroit allows the third fewest points to tight ends, but they've only faced two decent ones. Jared Cook and oh no, Jimmy Graham and Tunyon. And both of them scored, but only hit 25 yards. All right, Seattle at Arizona. Which quarterback do you like better? Russ. Russ. 
but Kyler's number two. Yeah, in my uh, rankings. They, they're both they're one and two in your rankings. Um, Chris Carson's top seven in both formats. Metcalf, I talked about. You know, they've got a great game plan to stop him. They say so. We'll see. But who's good sitting? luck? Uh, are you confident in Tyler Lockett? Yeah. Uh, the upside is uh, wide receiver one on the week. You've got to start somebody who could be the best receiver in fantasy in a given week. And even if he doesn't hit that, he could get you 80 in a touch. If they're going to be so focused to take away DK Metcalf, Lockett oh, should have a huge game. You also have the storyline that's hanging over their heads is a potential star is coming to join their team. And so does this motivate them to say, we don't need Antonio Brown because we're amazing. Now, I'm sure they want him because most players like to have good players on their team, but it's also they're taking essentially money off their plate by bringing in Antonio Brown because their stats are going to decline if he does what Antonio Brown is capable of doing. So I'm sure there's going to be some uh, additional added incentive to play well. And by the way, I just... I now it's the spotlight quote. game. It is the spotlight game. Uh, I noticed, or I took away from that quote that you read earlier in the pod, Adam, that they're just going to play zone. They can't go man-to-man coverage and blitz Russell Wilson. That's what they did last week against Andy Dalton. That made sense. Yeah, but if you, if you play zone, then you leave yourself more vulnerable to the running quarterback. No, that's if you play no, man. And you, you leave yourself more vulnerable. Because your, your cornerbacks are turned around. Right. You can't see them. So I think zone keeps everybody in front of them. They're going to hope that they just bend and not break. Right. A ton of defenses in the NFL play that. Seattle plays that way. Okay, but even like here's the thing: even if they're playing zone, they could still have Patrick Peterson line up on on DK Metcalf. They could, they could, but like there's no man principles in a zone defense. Of course, that's true. Uh, I don't know for sure if they've done that this year. Okay, uh, Christian Kirk. They might have Christian Kirk. Jamie's quite confident in Christian Kirk. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't do this without any fear here. Where is he ranked? Uh, 25, I think. Right 25, 34. Yeah. I, got him, I got him lower. Yeah, well, not as low as Heath. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a, he's, a, he's an excellent wide receiver three. He's an excellent flex. I wrote about him on, on starts and sits, sleepers and busts. I think he can be I think he can be good. I wish he had more targets coming into the game. Yeah, I think he's a great start this week. Uh, uh, I have him as a start and start and sit him. I think it's just one of those guys that you look at and say, they didn't have to throw as much as they're going to have to throw this week. Uh, I still don't buy the Seattle secondary. Yes, Adam, they did not uh, fare as poorly as they had early in the season when they were facing some mediocre quarterbacks of late, but now they're facing a good quarterback. And so I think you're going to see Kyler Murray uh, have the opportunity to lean on Christian Kirk. Uh, his targets were up prior to last week. So, you know, it's kind of like a reverse. The targets were up and the production was down. By comparison, the targets were down and the production was way up last week. Right. So this is, I think, a game where you sort of marry the two. And you get a, a very good game for Christian Kirk, which should be north of 12 PPR points, which is going to put him in the range of a top 24 guy. Okay, well, he's in my FanDuel lineup, so, you know. Should be. Great mm-hmm. price. Yeah, very good. And um, be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, if he has a big game, you're going to hold him through his bye. Miami, Buffalo, Seattle, three games after the bye. Miami, not so bad against wide receivers. But, all right, we have plenty to talk about that. If you want to hear about Kenyon Drake, rewind the podcast. He's 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 tough this week. You know, he, there there's a... a potential there for Kenyon Drake to struggle in this game. We had a basically a whole segment about it. So uh, check it out in the time code and, and we'll and you know hear the discussion if you missed it. I don't know why you would have missed it. But anyway, uh, for Dave and Jamie, I am Adam. We got a mailbag coming out on Saturday. We will talk to you then. HQ, 10 a.m. 
on Sunday, Twitch, noon Eastern on Sunday, and 4 p.m. for the watch party presented by Lowe's. All right, good luck, everybody, in week six. Have a great week seven. Have a great weekend.